Horror Minute is rated R. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is also rated R. We're going to spend this time discussing the movie in gory detail. And along the road, we will talk about some adult content and use some of our favorite swear words. Fiddle dee dee. That will require a tetanus shot. Consider yourselves warned. Welcome to Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we break down the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail, one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Leandra. And I'm your other host, Kelly. And today we are joined yet again by a very, very special guest, Jarf, whose podcast is Joe versus The Minute. Thank you for allowing me to come back. I had so much fun last time, and I'm excited to talk about Minute 42. Yeah, it was nice. We had a sleepover and everything. I made waffles. If I could start every day with waffles and then end it with recording Rocky Horror Minute, what a life. (laughs) This is going to be one great day for you. Yeah. So what happens in this minute? Hey, Leandra here from the future. The original recording of this minute's synopsis accidentally contained the secret to life, the universe, and everything. And since this isn't the Hitchhiker's Minute, we decided to try again. Also, the audio was garbled. And if you didn't get that, you should read a book. So Minute 42 continues the song that we began in Minute 41. The lyrics in this minute are he'll eat nutritious, high protein, and swallow raw eggs, try to build up his shoulders, his chest, arms, and hmm, legs. Such an effort, if he only knew of my plan, in just seven days I can make you a man. He'll do press-ups and chin-ups, do the snatch, clean, and jerk. He thinks dynamic tension must be hard work. Such strenuous living, I just don't understand when in just seven days, oh baby, I can make you a man. Now, while all this is happening, it begins with Frank kind of wheeling a pommel horse out, but it's under a sheet at first. He unveils it. Rocky runs over excitedly and sits on it. Columbia starts oiling him up, but he's staring directly at Frank. Then he hops off does exactly three press-ups, or push-ups as we would call them in the United States, and then spins around and starts dancing by kind of just shaking his hips from side to side. Uh, Meanwhile, Frank hops up on the pommel horse and gives us a show, and it's very entertaining. And after all of this happens, uh, Frank goes over to him and kind of puts his arm around him, and then we hear beep, beep, beep from the freezer alarm a cliffhanger minute we'll find out why that's beeping next minute so would you call this the end of the song yes because the i assume you're referring to the reprise now yeah and that's i mean technically a different song i mean realistically no i think the song got interrupted and the whole thing together would would flow perfectly well I mean, do you want to do you want to rate it now or do you want to rate it later? Oh, I was going to rate this as a separate song, even though the other one doesn't really doesn't really cling. Yeah. And for me, when it comes to a reprise, I like it when there is a little bit of a break. Yeah. In between like the song and then there's maybe like a little bit of action or. Yeah. And what a break is coming. Because it (laughs) makes it more impactful. Yeah. And yeah, this is a perfect example of that. So, Jarf, you're the guest. What would you rate this song out of five? 
out of five? Yes, it's always out of five. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I would rate this five out of five. Wow. And that, so that's based on two things the three distinct tones that Curry delivers with his performance, and then the way they're accentuated by Richard Hartley's musical arrangements. So the three tones that I saw are he does this lilting mock commercial narration in lines like "Hilly nutritious, high protein, swallow raw eggs. And that's up against like a little like light ragtime piano. Yeah. And then he can swing into this heavy double entendre with its chest, arms, and legs. And then it's like the percussion and the bass kick in. But then what I really love is just when he really goes for it on the choruses and he's scraping the pot and he's conducting the chorus uh, to have one song that oscillates between those levels just is like so much fun. And, and it's when I'm listening to the soundtrack <laughs> in the car, it's only a two minute song and it's so much fun to sing along to. And it's one of those ones that I'll listen to it and I'm like, play it again. And then, you know, go through it again. So yeah, definitely five out of five for me. That's great. What do you think, Leandra? Um, this one's hard because I do enjoy it. It's certainly not my least favorite by a long shot. I think that there are some fun things about it. There are good callbacks. But is it as good as, for instance, science fiction double feature? And for me, the answer to that is no. So I think that this lives somewhere in the 3.5 to 4 range for me. That's exactly what I was going to rate it. I was oscillating between 3.5 and 4. I do love it for a lot of the reasons that Jarf mentioned. And like I said in the last minute, I think it's maybe the cleverest in terms of the connection that was made between making a man Frankenstein style and making a man sexually and also the make you a man in the Charles Atlas way of building him up. So I love that. Uh, the It loses some points, especially in the movie version, because some of the lyrics, I think, are a bit of a stretch or not my favorite thing. On the other hand, the performance is great. Tim Curry is, as usual, like like Atlas of mythology, not Charles Atlas, carrying this on his shoulders. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this is my second favorite Tim Curry minute in the movie, I think, because of how fun he is. The pommel horse is, like, one of my favorite parts, so... I would give it, I'm going to say a four because it is so musically complex, like Jarf said. And I do like the piano part, so. Yeah, absolutely. The piano is amazing. Can I just sneak in what my favorite song is? Oh, yeah, please do. It's not in this minute, so this is out of left field, but you, you mentioned science fiction double feature. My favorite song on the soundtrack is a science fiction double fiction feature reprise. I Ooh. love the lyrics to that. The, I yeah. mean, it's so cool because now they're recapping the movie. And so the events of the movie are now being elevated alongside those classic 50s sci-fi movies that they mention in, in the beginning. 
And then also it's super sad and it's towards the end of the movie. So it just reminds me of that feeling where it's like, it's almost over. Yeah. It's about time to make that long drive back to Lock Haven. And so it's it's just so much of that feeling wrapped up in the song. I can't even hear the reprise now without hearing Leandra start to say like, we are the Sonic Transducers tonight. We had Frank, you know, as Frank, Dan, etc. Because <laughs> that's where she mm-hmm. starts, like where we all take a bow <laughs> during that. But yeah, so I completely agree. Jarf, the reprise is amazing. It almost makes me wonder if superheroes is like. I love superheroes, and apparently it's Richard O'Brien's favorite song off the soundtrack. But it also almost seems like redundant with the reprise because they both kind of are the same tone of like loss. I don't know. Yeah. In the for a while there that, sorry to step on what you were saying, but for a while that state college theater where we went to see and sometimes perform in Rocky had a print with superheroes on it. And, and that was very exciting for us Rocky Mm -hmm. nerds. Yeah, it wasn't until I saw it with a live shadow cast that I saw superheroes because, as I've said before, I grew up with my dad's VHS of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that didn't have superheroes on it. So I was very excited to hear it. So what do we think about this minute in general, guys? I think that this is a really fun one for Frankenfurter. I tend to agree with you that this is definitely in his top minutes this is him and his element it's a good minute for columbia too it is yeah yeah i love she has like a little moment with frank at uh right after rocky hops off the pommel horse where she like she like winks at him almost and like wiggles her fingers i love it yeah actually i wanted to ask about that sure Since, uh, since you've really studied the blocking because mm-hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent sure who she was waving to. I figured it would be Frank, but just, you can't really tell from her eye line who it's supposed to be. And it could have been somebody over on the side. So at least in my opinion, uh, when she's, when she's doing that with her fingers, like first off they're greased fingers and she's, looking like she's about to fist somebody which i find amusing (laughs) but she she has this wild look in her eye and i think that it's supposed to convey as being directed toward frank like she's kind of part of getting rocky ready for getting fucked five ways from sunday hey leandra yeah belly button Thank you. Belly button. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Bonjour, guys. <laughs> Belly button. Ugh. So Leandra's there... like a sleeper agent podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> that was her Manchurian candidate activation <laughs> phrase. <laughs> okay. Belly button. Yes. Thank you. I can I can cross it off my list. That's it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a thing on the internet where people keep saying that Rocky Horror, the character that Peter Henwood is playing, does not have a belly button. 
and that he's wearing a prosthetic to cover his belly button. This is something that is just ubiquitous on 10 things you didn't know about the Rocky Horror Picture Show sort of lists. And I knew it wasn't true. I knew. I've looked at pictures of Peter Henwood outside of his modeling career from before Rocky Horror, and his belly button looked the exact same way. He's just super, he's super cut. And his belly button is perhaps not super pronounced, but that doesn't mean that there's like a a latex plug in it. <laughs> that yeah, is I so mean, weird. Why are people so weird? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I know you can have your belly button like removed if you really hate it, but you can't be born without one, right? I mean, I know you could have almost any kind of you can birth not. defect or whatever, but like you need you need to have an umbilical cord, right? Yeah. So the logic behind this is Rocky wasn't born in a womb. Rocky was created. Why would Frankenfurter need Rocky to have a belly button? So oh, wait, I get so that. Oh, wait, so it's the character, not Peter Henwood himself? No, uh, Peter Henwood, nobody's ever said, oh, Peter Henwood constantly wears a prosthetic <laughs> over his belly button. I thought you meant for just this movie, but, well, I mean, the character could not have a... Oh, so you're saying, like, he was wearing something in the belly button. That is what the internet leads you to believe, and I have found zero proof anywhere that this is an actual thing. I've asked around and it is just, it, it appears to be kind of similar to the, the Easter eggs yeah. being scattered around the set because of the, uh, the Easter egg hunt. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So that would have been a fun detail. Although I think that Frank would have wanted him to look as much like a human man. You I know? was just going to say the exact same thing. It makes zero sense for, that explanation of oh he doesn't need a belly button because he was made in a vat clearly frank is obsessed with a 70s gay iconic muscle man perfection so yeah he would do that down to the last detail yeah and like a belly button's kind of a nice aesthetic detail you know on your on your muscle man you don't you need something to kind of punctuate that yeah, if you if you're constantly running around with no shirt off, yeah. no shirt on, which I am. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at pictures of of Rocky Horror, you can kind of see why somebody might think that this was a possibility. But to to kind of paraphrase what my friend Dawn said about this, she was like. Do you, do you think that they had the budget for a belly button prosthetic? <laughs> and I was like, shit, no. That is so true. So that is belly button. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I did a little bit of research uh, into what the snatch clean and jerk is because Ooh. I know that maybe everybody in the audience who knows Jack LaLanne intimately and knows everything about bodybuilding knows it, but I never knew exactly what it was. So I looked into it. It's an Olympic weightlifting move. So it's two different moves, but they're often like paired. 
so what they both have in common is they both use the whole body to lift more weight than you could lift with just your arms. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's honestly, I watched a bunch of videos of people doing this and it's scary for me because they're gigantic fucking dumbbells. And like what they do is they like, it starts out on the ground and they have to like jump to get it up above their head or whatever. And it it's scary to me. I feel like they're going to like hurt themselves, but um, they don't because they're professional bodybuilders, but I bet some people do when they're practicing it. So anyway, so the snatch, it's like a single movement. You lift your weight from the floor and you kind of jump and it goes up and over and like right behind your head, the clean and jerk. It, yeah. Uh, the clean and jerk is a two-part movement where first it, you you kind of jump and get it right in front of your chest. And then the next one, you get it way up above your head, like um, arms fully extended. Now, it's, I don't know, it's stressful for me to look at. And I may have, if I completely fucked up that description, I apologize. I'm not a, certainly not a weightlifter. I know that's probably hard to believe looking at my physique. I also do <laughs> do not know anything about weightlifting or bodybuilding. So I would actually welcome any corrections and we'll bring them up in the next crim minute or whatever. But that's my understanding of the exercises. The first time that I heard snatch and clean and jerk in kind of the same manner that it is getting referenced in Rocky was when one of my former co-workers had started doing CrossFit and she was talking about how much she could snatch and clean and jerk. And <laughs> I had never considered those as words that were real, yeah. that weren't sexual in any way. I know. So I, was, <laughs> paused, and I was like, what the fuck do you mean? And I would have been right there with her like, oh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. And then later I would realize she was talking about weightlifting. I'm like, uh-oh. Has this <laughs> ever happened to you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I did a bunch of, I did some digging to see if there was any specific connection to Charles Atlas with these. And I don't think so. I think that, I mean, he was a bodybuilder, obviously. So I'm sure he did plenty of these. But I think that it's just maybe used because they sound so sexual. <laughs> it would have to be, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I, for all I knew, it was Charles Atlas's signature bodybuilding move. But no. So I do want to talk about Jack Lane for just a second. <laughs> I'm shocked. So Sandra, the... he's not going to fuck you. He's dead. It's fine. Oh <laughs> no. On. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So in between recording the last minute and this minute, I pulled my my friends and I was like, Do do you all know who Jack Lane is, or am I the weird one? And I can tell you that the vast majority of my friends were like, oh, the fitness guy, the guy that does the juicing? Yeah, why? Why do you care? <laughs> but the, the real answer is I am both weird and Kelly's is poorly informed about fitness infomercial hosts. I am. I'm a, what can I say, Leandra? I'm a little younger than you. I I wasn't familiar with him either it's, and it's, uh, I'm middle-aged but I did throw it out in the chat group 
and a bunch of people said like, oh yeah, the fitness guy. Oh yeah. Totally heard of him. So I don't know, somehow, somehow the two of us are alone in our ignorance. <laughs> I appreciate well, I felt, it. I felt really lonely when I went, oh, like Jack Lane, and you guys went, who the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it went down. Yep. You guys weren't polite about it at all. Yeah. I mean, um, I was, but Jarf was being real dick about it. It's true. There, there's yeah. a lot to unpack there with my therapist. Yeah. If that's not your experience, it's because Dan edited it in the previous minute (laughs) it's very weird the way he gives some people like the good guy at it yeah it's like a reality producer you know he's got a narrative for each person and he needs to create a villain and the villain is you yeah surprisingly (laughs) oscar is very straight (laughs) yeah Uh, y'all turned on me so fast i never expected this i I hope that i hope that this doesn't end horribly somehow no no that no, would no. be gonna... that would be awful we're just gonna take you to the daisy farm it's fine yeah as no, so good. i love daisies <laughs> <laughs> so i also just wanted to add that for some reason at the end of this when frank's going like make you a man <laughs> at the end my subtitles said in brackets at the end of that line gushing now oh i'm not sure i want to know what that means but that's what the subtitles said on my movie uh shout out if you guys remember from like uh 15 years ago the gushing granny situation uh i'm upset i'm I'm just making a face which doesn't work that well for podcast but that's what's happening with my face. Do you remember that, Jarf? Mountain this is Dew. like one of those things where there's like a repressed memory. And yeah, as you well, try to remember it, your brain is like, do not go into that dark room. So, <laughs> Mountain Dew did one of those ill-advised name our flavor competitions online. And like anyone could submit their new flavor, their flavor suggestions. And it was like a green apple flavor. So terrible people on the internet brigaded it, and like one of the top answers was gushing grin, <laughs> which is actually really funny. So that's those are the primary notes I had for the minute, besides lyrical differences. So I had a question. This is kind of a am I am I the dumb one here? I have no yes. idea. Fuck you. I had no idea what a pommel horse is or how to use one. So since I saw this from a very young age, I just assumed that this was a thing for expressly the purpose of like jumping on and then falling off of to do push-ups and then straddling. So the fact that this is a gymnastic equipment piece was like weird for me. What do you use a pommel horse for? I mean, it's for gymnastics routines. But, it like, what do you do on them? Do you, like, stand... Uh, do you, like, stand on them? Do you spin on them? Like, I have no idea. Well, you, you do, do the th- thing where you, like, you push... You hold onto those two bars, and then you hold your legs out super straight. And then yeah. there's also a thing where you kind of whip your whole body around, where your, like, leg starts out in front... 
and then whips up and then back behind the horse and then up around. Yeah. And your hands are like switching back and forth. It's like a whole routine usually they do on the pommel horse. And there's like, there's a bunch of different, but it, I think it's all basically focused on like arm strength and balance. Like your arms are gripping the bars or on the horse and your legs are in the air doing something. Sometimes they'll do like a handstand with their legs spread wide, which Frank should have done. Well, all I know is that at our show, we don't have a real pommel horse. I've seen a couple of <laughs> shadow casts that do have some sort of iteration of a pommel horse, but not ours. We generally have Frankenfurter straddle one of the one of the tech people, and then depending on who your Frankenfurter is, might give that person a bit of a, a spanking. The uh, I just wanted to go into the lyrical differences again between the Rocky Horror Show version, which is called Charles Atlas Song, and this version of the song in this minute. If that's okay. Yeah, do it. All right. <laughs> You're permitted. So in the Rocky Horror Show, the lyric is then a magazine advert with a new muscle plan said in just seven days, I can make you a man. Whereas the lyric here, of course, is such an effort. If you only knew of my plan in just seven days, I can make you a man. So again, this goes back to what we were talking about last minute, where the movie version is less about the advertisement and more about Frank's creation, which I am fine with. The Then with the snatch, clean, and jerk stuff, the lyric is in the show, cleaned and jerked, done the snatch, thought dynamic tension must be a catch, so he reread the advert to see how it ran. In just seven days, I can make you a man. Uh, I actually like the movie version better here because dynamic tension must be a catch is a stretch of a lyric. <laughs> it's, I thought dynamic tension must be hard work makes more sense, especially since in the... Oh, I see. I actually just got this as I was thinking about it. He, he thought must be a catch in terms of like, there must be a catch. It must not work. So I guess that just goes back to more, uh, more copy from the ad. I can because see that. Some sure. of the, some of those ads would be like, what's the catch? Cause, cause so it says he thought it must be a catch. So he reread the advert to see how it ran. Although again, I don't know. I don't care for the show version of the lyrics here as much as the movie version. Cause I think they got a little weaker in this minute. If only I could Frankenstein the two together to make the perfect version of this song. Yeah, I feel like you like conceptually the Rocky Horror Show version, but some of the execution on the picture show you like better because it, it really does read like the punched up copy version. I, I mean, I like the concept of the movie better because like I said, it ties in more to Frank instead of just describing the advertisement, which is pretty much what the show version does. But I really do not care for, for some of the, especially in last minute, the weirdness, like uh, the pink thing and the wrong man that doesn't make any sense compared to good shape, but the wrong shape I think is a lot stronger. That's all. 
Yeah, you know, I I didn't get to address that point, but I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, the I don't see how the wrong man makes any sense. Right. Yeah, because I mean, I can't. I literally can't think what that could have been referring to. And sometimes I think I try a little too hard to make sense of lyrics that might have just been like a rhyme. So yeah. I think that may be what's happening here. But but it's a it's a prominent lyric too. So I I don't know. In that sense, I like the the show better. But I I do think that this is nicer because of how it is more related to the movie and sort of informs the plot of the movie because it talks about Frank's actual kind of method in a way i mean i guess it it, it at least uh it makes it really explicit that he like created this muscle man to be his fuck toy yes and (laughs) and the line that it has that rocky horror show doesn't have is if he only knew of my plan yeah well and 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 the movie version really stresses like why go through all that effort to work out when I can just make you a sexy muscle man, which the show doesn't go into. I think that's an important motive. You know, it's easier to just make yourself the, to weird science yourself a a hot babe than like try and get somebody to work out. So that's the lesson we want to leave (laughs) you with listeners. Don't put in the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Take every shortcut you can. Wasn't that uh, Lelaine's thing? No. You said something about shortcuts to... No, he was all about juicer. Juicing. You can juice everything for your nutrients. Don't eat things. Only drink them. I see. Well, (laughs) that's what I had. Does anybody else have anything for this minute? Um, I do not... I wanted to just give one more nod to my old time Lock Haven Rocky Horror Picture Show crew. Uh, One of the other people uh, that would come along with us. uh, Her name was Amy. And she was sort of a, a, a step above me in the level of performance she was doing. She actually was crafty and so she made herself a columbia costume i i'm in terms of material craft i have no game and Mm. and so she she made that gold lemay jacket and, and hat and everything she wasn't able to find sort of your standard size of sequence i said gold lemay i meant sequence you know what i'm talking about i knew you meant um and so she couldn't find the standard size, but she did find sort of these big oversized sequins. And uh, so it, it didn't look authentic, but it kind of had this uh, unique twist. And she was also a very voluptuous <laughs> lady. And so she liked to make this joke that everybody remembers her from the shadow cast because She's the Columbia with the really big sequins. Oh, I love that. I'm going to go into Columbia just so I can steal her joke. 
Honestly, go yeah. into Columbia so I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason, and I've said this before on the show, the only reason I haven't done, well, I can't dance, but I still would have tried it if I were not so intimidated by the costume. And honestly, the costume, once you have it, the Columbia's, frankly, ha, huh, a mm-hmm. fun role. I love her as a character, and I think I would have a lot of fun with that. I am so bad at choreography. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but that's like the one thing I can't remember. Anyway, the character that I was always the most drawn to. I was glad that we got a little bit of Columbia in this. Oh yeah, um, we have. She's very bubbly and and. We forgot to ask all of our male guests so far have had except for oscar who is um not columbia is not his type let's say but all of our male guests so far have had it bad for columbia are you in the club actually i'd i had it bad for magenta okay me too i just where i am i would like columbia is the one that i want to pal around with yeah um and magenta was the one that i wanted to do more than pal around <laughs> okay, you're the first straight man we've had on the show to say this, or man who was interested in women at any rate. Uh, but yeah, like I feel the same way as as a, somebody who loves women. Columbia, I mean, and again, Little Nell is a very attractive person, but Columbia specifically is not my thing <laughs> uh, so much uh, sexually, but she does seem like she'd be a ton of fun. Magenta is super sexy. Leandra? Uh, I've, I'm fairly sure that I've said many times that I'm a Magenta fan. Yeah, I know. I'm rehashing things, but it's a new No, guess. I just, I 100% agree yeah. with both of you. She is, yeah. she's nice. Yeah, Team Magenta yeah. all the way. Susan Sarandon too, but she's boring, but she's very beautiful. Yeah, with Susan Sarandon, it's almost like you project backwards because you know that it's Susan Sarandon and it's just kind of <laughs> wild that it's like Susan Sarandon is playing this bimbo. Yeah. That's true. She got so milfy. She really did. She yeah. got yeah. steamy. She's like the old she's like the classic MILF now. Um, but at the time she was just plain old Janet Weiss. But if that's all anybody had, we can go into callbacks. Let's go for it. All right. So I have he'll eat. So when he says he'll eat nutritious, high protein, and swallow raw eggs, you should say he'll eat nutritious, cum, high protein, cum, and swallow, cum. Classic. i don't is this referencing something leandra every time he says and just seven days they say and six long nights which fits perfectly with the beat it's really catchy because of that but is six long nights a thing or is it just to pair with the seven days Uh, well yes okay so have you ever won it well have you ever won a free trip with uh, with hotel stay for seven days and six nights or something like that? No, I certainly haven't. That would be more of Oscar's domain, really. He's the game show king. That's true. But <laughs> it's kind of part of the, the standard thing to, uh, to say you'll have a seven-day, six-night vacation, blah, 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 blah. 
Yeah, and I do get like why they're long nights <laughs> for Rocky. I got that. But okay, I just wasn't sure. Uh, occasionally, I have heard a version of that callback. I especially have heard this around the holidays to say, and eight crazy nights. Referencing Aww. Adam Sandler, bane of my existence. But Adam Sandler, <laughs> Kelly's favorite actor. Only, um... only second to Will Ferrell. <laughs> I would definitely say he's below Will Ferrell. I mean, like, I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan or anything, but he's nowhere near as irritating as Sandler. Sorry, Adam Sandler fans in the audience. You know, oddly, with the with the whole seven days callback, the, mm-hmm. what I remember is seven days and seven nights, which oh. the cadence of it works a lot better. I think that whole six long nights, although, I mean, I do, I get what they're saying. You know, <laughs> but it sounds unnatural, but... Seven days and seven nights doesn't actually make sense in that way that you're talking about, like the trip that you win, because there's always one less night than there is days. Well, it depends when you get there, I guess, or when you leave. Um, but yeah, that's okay. Well, I guess that's just a different version of the callback. That's good. I like to get the all the different iterations of it. Now, when Rocky does the starts doing the push-ups, that lines up with the first push-up lines up with Frank saying he'll do press-ups. Now he conti- Frank continues and chin-ups do the snatch clean and jerk, but Rocky continues to do push-ups. Well, he does three, so the the callback is he'll do press-ups and press-ups and more fucking press-ups. Uh, which is fun and also really helps me remember my blocking when I'm playing Rocky. Does anyone um, else call them press-ups? I've always I, heard push-ups, I thought. Same. I think press-ups is the British version. Mm. Oh. I think. It's definitely press-ups in the lyric. It is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not going completely crazy. Okay. Not for that reason, no. <laughs> Uh, and then obviously he says snatch clean and jerk off easy one low hanging fruit but I myself am a low hanging fruit so there we go and the so then as we're approaching the beeps right before then you should say the next three words are censored and then along with the beeps you say fuck shit Belgium um, an alternative is after the beeps, you can say meatloaf's ready because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not to spoil it, but that's who's coming out of that freezer. One of the alternates that I've heard a lot is read the Bible. Oh, which, that's good too. I don't know that that's my favorite, but it is one fuck, that I've heard. Fuck shit. Belgium is a classic. I mean, that's an old one, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, so for that reason, I love it because it's like a time-honored tradition, but I do like that as an alternative. Yeah. What else you got, Landra? Well, for that one specifically, just some of the regional ones and oldies but goodies have that as stick it in or Beetlejuice, <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah. So that's, that's a thing. So really the only one that I kind of noticed was 
Rocky found a hole in the floor. Rocky made a hole in the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he's doing the push-ups, right? Yeah, because he falls with with some amount of force toward the yeah. ground. So, so I like that one. And then one of my favorite callbacks of all time, when you hear must be hard work, you're supposed to set that up with describe monogamy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Frankenfurter goes, must be hard work. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Well, then, Jeff, I think it's time for you to go on that trip we discussed to the I'm farm excited. in the country. Yeah, it is nice. Especially uh, this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And you might even see, I know uh, Perry Bedden likes to vacation there. So if you see him, don't be alarmed. I'm sure he's not there to kill you. Great. Yeah, he's yeah. just there to get you to the daisy farm. Yes. But I did want to thank you very much for spending your your last moments with us. <laughs> with us. Uh-huh. And I'd like to invite you to say farewell to the to the listeners the same way we end all of our shows with now. Now. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So get the fuck out. Welcome to Rocky Harmon. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to stop being an idiot. How's the podcast going to work then? <laughs> yeah, I remember you have a bimbo. <laughs> no. <sighs> okay. Okay. For real this time. <laughs>